Praise God. If you have your Bibles today, I want to welcome everybody out there watching online and whatever form of communication this is going out over. There is so much happening here, folks. I'm telling you, I think we just need to have meetings and meetings and meetings just to be able to give thanks to the Lord more often. Amen? Proverbs chapter 30, if you'd go there this morning. I like to start with something funny. This old Italian man writes a letter to his son, and this is what he said. He said, my dearest son, Vincent, it's sad that you can't be here to help me plant my garden this year. The soil is too hard, son, for me to dig myself. And I look forward to the day that you come home so we can continue our family tradition together. The son wrote back, Father, please don't dig up the garden behind the house. That's where all of the bodies are buried. <laughs> you guys are good. Huh? You're on this. I like it. Um, <laughs> that night around 2 a.m., the FBI showed up, the CIA, the police, state, local, federal, the SWAT team at the old man's uh, house with a warrant to search the grounds behind the house for bodies. After several hours of digging and finding nothing, they apologized to the old Italian man and went on their own way. The next day, the old man received another letter from his son. Father, given the circumstances, this was the best I could do. You should be able to plant your tomatoes now. <laughs> ah, leave it to our Italian friends to be creative. I want to talk to you today about the importance of your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. The importance of your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. How many understand that your life is always moving in the direction of your most dominant thought? Your life is always moving in the direction of your most dominant thought. And I want to ask you some questions in this message today, so please play pay close attention. I hope you'll take these notes. I'm just going to give you, there's just three points here today. Proverbs 30, 32, if you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. What part does it say of your body to cover? Your mouth. How many know sometimes we need to bite our tongue? Sometimes we need to cover our mouth so we don't say what we shouldn't be saying. So again, I want to talk to you about your thoughts a little bit here, our words. This is what Holy Spirit dropped on me this week. And then your actions and how they manifest. Notice that Satan is after your thoughts. Did you ever notice that? He's after your thought life. We need to think about what it is we're thinking about. Can you say amen? amen. When is the last time that you've actually thought about what you've been thinking about? I want to say it like this to you. Your thoughts, if you start to feel uh, depressed or even down, I've never been depressed and I'm not knocking anyone who has been. They tell us, listen, today that 20%, this is since COVID, 20% of Americans are in full-blown depression right now. Higher than ever, even post-wars. 20% of the U.S. population, 360 million people, think about this, are in full-blown depression. And then they tell us that... Uh, about 30%, I believe it is, of the population is on antidepressants. Let me tell you something, friends. Your thoughts have so much to do with that. Because everything starts with a thought. Come on, someone. 
Let me set this up here this morning. Everything starts right here between your ears. It ain't God. It ain't the devil. It's you, the man in the mirror, the gal in the mirror. And you need to think about, and I need to think about what it is we're thinking about because it starts with a thought and then it leads to feelings. And if we're not careful, feelings, whether good or bad, will be acted out. They'll be carried out in our life. Can you say amen? amen. So I want to help you here today. Look at that. He says, cover your mouth. So sometimes you've got to take your hand and put it over your mouth and say, oh, God, I almost said that. How many have ever said something they regretted later? Well, there you are. I think we got the right message now. All right. So here's, here's my first point. It's very simple. What you think about continuously, you will become. What you think about continuously, you will become. Are you with me? So Satan's after your thoughts, but here's the good news. How many know God's after them too? Yeah, and the Bible has so much to say about this. You know, if you think about it, you know, what happened to Adam and Eve? We go all the way back to the very first sin, the original sin. It was in the garden. God said, listen, be fruitful, Adam, and multiply. How many are thankful for that command right there? Praise God. Enjoy the earth, all the animals, the fruit, the vegetables, the everything. You have dominion over it. You have authority, Adam, except don't touch this one tree. You know, and how many know that Satan came and attacked the thoughts of Eve first? Before the action came the thought. I just want to establish that. Before the action, even before the word, comes the thought in our mind. We start thinking about something that we shouldn't be thinking about. How many understand if you eat bad food or something that's toxic for you, you're going to feel terrible? Can I tell you that your brain also feeds on things? whether good or bad, right? So we have to be careful. We can't even talk about words until we talk about our thoughts. Words are secondary. It all starts with a thought, amen? And so we have to evaluate where our thoughts are. Do our thoughts line up with God's word? No matter what our situation is, we have to ask ourselves this question, is my thought life lining up with what God says about me? Amen? And so, there's so many examples. I'll give you one. Jabez. How many remember Jabez? Jabez' name means pain. How'd you like, let's just have a moment here. How'd you like to be called pain? (laughs) Here comes pain again. (laughs) I think he needs to be medicated. Yeah, yeah. His name was pain. I mean, literally look it up. It's what it means. You know, he was a pain in the neck, we could say, okay, or whatever, in the posterior, okay. But look at this, 1 Chronicles 4 and 9, I think you can put it up on the screen there, it says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Verse 10, 1 Chronicles 4, and Jabez called on God of, uh, the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge in my territory, that your hand would be with me. What a great prayer that is, oh God. And that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So how many know God granted his request? Yeah. So Jabez found out his problem wasn't money. His problem was that he needed a better image of himself. He needed to be blessed of God. Some of you, I might lose you here, but I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Your image has a lot to do with how much God can do for you. Let me say that again. Please pay close attention because this is what helps us, folks. God's word. 
Not anything on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter. Your image has a lot to do with what God can do for you. See, let me say it like this. Our culture teaches us that things are more important than people. Our culture teaches us that expensive cars, I'll say a Rolls Royce or a Bentley, is more important than a person. Let me tell you something. God is more important than people, and people are more important than things. But our culture is so demonic that, and we get so much fed at us that our mind feeds on either consciously or subconsciously that we start to believe that unless we have certain types of things that we're not, uh, we don't measure up to others. How many understand comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, the Bible forbids us to do that? Absolutely, positively, Brother Ted actually taught on that the other night. Comparison, it's a trap that the enemy lays before us because we start thinking, you know, maybe as, 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 a, as a woman, well, I don't have the type of clothing that she has. I don't have the type of jewelry that they have. I don't have the type of vehicle. I don't live in a big fancy house. And so what happens is if we're not careful, we get these thoughts in our mind and we get a poor self-image of ourselves based on someone else's prosperity. Is this okay this morning? So Jabez didn't ask for more money. Brother Dave, he, but he said, oh, that you would bless me. How many know that's a great prayer right there? And what? Come on, say it out loud. Enlarge my territory. What a great prayer. You ought to pray that prayer at least once a week. Oh, God, that you would bless me. And enlarge my, I may know in the 90s there was dozens of books written about this. One, top, one verse right here. I'm on verse 10. You know, I have most of them. I believe probably all of them my wife has. Oh, that you would bless me. Again, a biblical example of a mindset, how we should be thinking the way God wants us to think and not the way our natural, carnal, selfish nature wants to think. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge in my territory that your hand, put the verse up on the screen if you got it, that your hand would be upon me, with me, and I would not cause harm or pain. Isn't that good? Look at that prayer. Let's say it out loud together. Ready? Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from trouble and pain. Isn't that a great prayer to pray? So again, we've got to get our thoughts right. We've got to get our thoughts right. Jesus said it. It's over in John's gospel. John 6, 63, he said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Amen? Amen. Let me say this. Spiritual things actually control natural things. Spiritual things will control natural things. Dr. Jesse DePlanis says it like this. You either let your environment control you or you control your environment. Can I just just make a confession right here, folks? Uh, Because how many know we're in a Catholic area and we, we can have a little mass confession right now, amen? I mean, okay, uh, confession is good for the soul, all right? So about a month ago, my wife and I inherited a dog. And he's big and beautiful, but he is just not trained fully yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Guess who gets to be the trainer? And guess who gets to be the trainee? But if I'm not careful, because he's like, how much does he weigh, hon? 
75 pounds. He's six months old. He's a golden retriever and has paws like this. He's not even from here. He's, they, my wife took him to Dr. Nestor, who's our veterinarian. She was in the early service. And she said, where did you get him? He's beautiful. He's not from around here, is he? Yeah, he was imported from the Midwest. Purebred champion bloodlines, a very expensive animal that someone blessed us with. And we thank God for that. <laughs> Most of the time. But if I'm not careful, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was giving me this analogy this week, if I'm not careful, so I've got to keep him regimented and on a, a schedule, okay? Like six o'clock in the morning, he starts yiping a little bit. And if I'm not down there by 6.15, how many know his yipe turns to a bark? A loud, ferocious bark that would scare any would-be burglar away from our property. And he's all the way down the basement at the extreme end of, my, of the house where I'm, my head is rested on the pillow, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I've got to get him up, I've got to get him fed, I've got to get him water, and how many know I've got to get him outside quickly? And if I don't stay regimented, and then let me say this to you, because he's so strong, Brother David, you know, he's got this, Jimmy, this big harness on, you know, like a Kong, it's a really good harness and a, and a good leash, but my God, that dog is strong. 75 pounds, friends. I can't even say the name of Jesus until I have two cups of coffee in the morning. Will you help me out with this one? Somebody, some real people here. And so, why am I telling you all this? Because he wants to pull in all different directions. He wants to pull my arm out of my socket. He is so ridiculously strong. He's like this, just wanting to go. How many of you ever had a puppy before? Yeah. And he's beautiful. But he's a lot of work. And he's worth it. You see what I'm doing by speaking that, Amen. Some of you will get that later. <laughs> but if I'm not careful, I could let the dog walk me instead of me walking the dog. Let me tell you something, loved ones. Your mind is the exact same way as that animal. If you let, you let your mind be in charge and you let your mind run wild, you'll be all over the place. You'll be in all kinds of trouble. But there's a reason. That leash and that harness and that collar is around that canine. It's because it has to be trained daily. Our minds have to be trained daily. You want scripture for that? I got lots of them. Here's just one to keep it legal. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See the leash? I've got to pull it in. I've got to pull my thought life in. I've got to rein it in and say, listen, I have the authority of Christ. Not the devil, not the world, and not the flesh. We're mind, we're made up of three parts, mind, body, and spirit. So your thoughts must be controlled, otherwise you're going to be an absolute disaster. Like a ticking time bomb based on what we're thinking on. It's just, it, it blows my mind really, no pun intended, when you think about, Lynn, how powerful the stewardship of our psyche is. Amen? Martin Luther, you know the great theologian, he said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to allow them to make a nest in your hair. See, that's actually on you. And what happens to people, not you guys, but what happens to so many other people that I've met in the kingdom of God is they'll come to me and they'll say, you need to pray for me, pastor, because of X, Y, Z. Let me tell you something, probably 90% of the things that we pray about, we actually have authority over. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Country road, take me home. 
to the place I belong. West Virginia. I'm just seeing myself driving through the Shenandoah Valley later this evening on the beautiful sunset. Let me give you this. <laughs> Proverbs 23, 7. You know this. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What do you think? How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Not in the past, but in the present and in the future. Amen? Amen? Amen. You still with me? You still love me? Amen. I still love you. Your thoughts are so powerful that they actually draw things to you, whether good or bad. Let's say it out loud together so we start to understand what we're saying. Your thoughts are so powerful that they draw things to you. All begins right here. Amen? Mm-hmm. Paul knew this, Philippians 4.8. And so now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. There's that thing we're talking about again. Your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can you imagine if we just practiced that one verse alone more than we are now throughout the day, what our lives would become? How many know there'd be a lot less disagreements in families? I don't agree with this. What are you focusing on? I don't like the way they did that. What are you focusing on? It's not that scripture, I promise you. You're focusing on things that are causing division and problems in your own life and in your family, sir. And you don't even know it. And you could quote a thousand scriptures, but actually your thought life and what you're meditating on. Come on, how many, how many examples do you need of this? How about Joshua when he's going to cross the, the Red Sea and he's got to endure, and not only endure, he's got to conquer Battle after battle after battle. What does he say? The words of God did not depart from my mouth. You can't be in your mouth if it's not in your mind and in your heart. Amen? So think on these things. What are you thinking about? You know, somebody's like, I'm thinking about fried chicken and about dinner. <laughs> Going to the Chinese buffet. Praise God. I've got a coupon, you know. No, you're missing the whole point here. How many know we don't always think on the right things? Come on. Oh, there's me and you, Holly. That's it. The rest of us, Frank. Okay, a couple more. I said, how many of you know we don't always think about the right things? And then we wonder why we feel so miserable inside at times because it's the thoughts before the feelings. Thoughts actually cause feelings. So imagine if we thought on the Word of God instead of just anything that's on our social media feed. God, I mean, social media, the longer I live, the more I'm seeing it's that it actually, and it's actually proven fact that it causes depression for excessive amounts spent scrolling with your thumb on your stupid phone. You know why? Because we're comparing ourselves with other people. Look at my big fat life, you know. How many of you know we do that? They're at the beach. Oh my God, they're gone away again. We never go away. You see the way our life is? We should see how your thoughts affect the way you feel. But you have the choice. You say, well, you know, Paul, when he wrote that, he must have been like in the country club, somebody fanning him with a feather, had his feet up getting a pedicure. I mean, he was going to the spa for some treatment. I mean, he was getting wrapped in foil like a baked potato. You know how they do it? He was doing all that. He must have been living like a king. No, he actually was in jail. A very crappy jail, I might add. Rat infested, no food. In fact, he was naked. Most people would demand their lawyer and their rights, not Paul. He said, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. It's the whole theme of the book right there. That's one scripture's out of. Rejoice. Why? Because my circumstances are good? No. Because God and my faith in God is far greater than my circumstances. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands today? Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 2, 14. I'm just going to give you a couple verses and we're going to pray here. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Boy, that one verse right there has the pact with gospel. You see, that's why the church is so powerful, friends, because God gave us authority over demonic thoughts, demonic beings, and we don't have to be fearful. Amen? Amen. My granddaughter has no fear, except I learned something today about her, about Lorelai. She's two. When I came in, she was all happy in my office. She's like, Papa, like that, you know. She loves to praise the Lord. She'll grab the microphone right out of my hand and turn around and wave to everybody like this. And she's going to be a, a, a queen for Jesus. Amen? Amen? But she was sitting there this morning. My wife was holding her, and she was like, looked like she was like half asleep. Her eyes were closed. I said, what's the matter with her? I was just holding her back there. She said, she's afraid of the puppets. <laughs> How many of you know them puppets can't hurt her? How many of you understand we all had childhood fears? Anybody have them when you were a kid? My sister had some kind of stuffed animal. Mom, I don't remember what it was. It was like a... Shamu or some kind of thing like that. I was terrified of that thing. <laughs> no, God, no! My sister tried to drag me in the room. How many know she would tease me, my big sister? Six years older than me. She didn't like me because I was born on her birthday, October 17th, 19th. Honest to God. How'd you like to have a younger brother like me? I'm telling you, Brother Steve, she would torment me. She, I was terrified. Not of anything except that Shamu animal in her room. And she would try to pull me in there, Ron Linda, and say, come on in here. No, God, Mom, Dad. Like three years old, you know. But we have thoughts. Could that stuffed animal hurt me? Absolutely not. Could those puppets hurt her? Absolutely not. Can the devil hurt you? Absolutely not. Not if you think right. I said, not if you think right. Have you been thinking about what you're thinking about? If we were to put your thoughts on the screen from the last 24 hours, would they be thoughts of praise and thanksgiving? Or would they be thoughts of fear, worry, that lead to depression? So, you know, the Bible says, James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will free. I mean, no, that's it right here. You resist. You have the ability to resist, right? I'm almost done. Matthew 12, 33 talks about if you have a really good Bible. This is from the Amplified. I don't know if you got the Amplified back there. Matthew 12, 33 through 35. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. How many of you understand that's a principle of the harvest? For the tree is recognized and judged by its fruit. Then Jesus turns to these religious Pharisees, right? And he says, you brood of vipers. How many know that's not something the greeter should say when they're coming through the door? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> You're brutal vipers, you know. You got to understand the context, folks, of the text, okay? You think we're rough. <laughs> How can you speak good things when you're evil? She's talking about, now we're talking about words, okay? How can you speak good things when you're evil? Pretty tough to do that, right? In fact, it's impossible. For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. And then he goes into verse 35. The good man from his inner good treasure 
brings out good things, and the evil man from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. Amen? Did you catch that right there? Whew, there's so much there that could help us, like medication to our souls. It's like water to our thirsty soul. If you just speak the word only, if you just speak the word only, how many understand God says we have the power in our minds and our words to rule and reign as kings and priests here on earth? I'm not getting weird with you. I'm not getting off of some false doctrine. But there's too many defeated, sad, depressing Christians today. And they get in groups together. Is this okay? I, don't, I mean, this, you, you, you receive what I'm saying. You've got to receive this by faith, or otherwise you're going to think I'm trying to be some kind of mean guy. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying I've seen it. Oh, here's an old saying that will help with that one. Birds of a feather flock together. Amen? And sometimes if we're not careful, we get together and call it prayer, and it's not prayer, it's gossip. Oh, we need to pray for brother so-and-so. Why? What happened? Inquiring minds want to know. David, let me just give you one before we close. David, how many know David? Came up to feed his brothers. He was 17 years old, red hair, freckles, a musician. He wasn't a snowflake like so many are today. He wasn't smoking weed in the back room. Before he put the guitar on, David was the anointed of God. As a, as a kid who no one else could see the potential. There was a song years ago in the 90s, when others see a shepherd boy, God sees a king. Amen. Oh, if we would be to God, if we could just see what God sees for our lives. If we could start to think. God says, your thoughts have not been my thoughts. They have not been my thoughts. Why? Because we need to let God think through us about situations. Come on, somebody. David came out there on the battlefield. He saw his brothers. He wasn't even allowed to be in the battle. And all the tall, dark, and handsome men were out there afraid for their lives because of this giant. You know this story. Put it up there if you got it. First Samuel. <laughs> and he literally looks at Goliath, and he actually says this, what's going on here? <laughs> Can you imagine? Now think about this kid, 17, like one of our youth kids there. from. Uh, and they finished, by the way, they finished, was it number 20 in the entire nation for human video? 18. Sorry? Number six in the nation. Can you say praise God? Woo. That's seeing it the way God sees it. That's what David did. He wasn't all versed in like military strategy. They were, and they were afraid for their lives. How was that working out for them? Sounds like the American church to me. And David comes out with, you know, he's in the background. He comes out with, the Bible says like, you know, meat and cheese, like he had like a cheese board, you know, one of those kind of things. <laughs> to take care of his brothers. And he goes, hey, what's going on, man? What's happening? Just like these kids, you know, what's going on? It's like, Shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. What's the matter? Did you see that guy out there? He's going to kill us if he hears you speaking. And David's like, well, what do you mean? What are you all afraid for? He goes, look, don't you realize that when I was a kid, I killed a bear and I killed a lion. You going to let this guy give you trouble? You've got to be kidding me. 
Jesus. Oh, we'll be to God. I feel that. You're going to let some fake, phony, pseudo thing that they're trying to pump in your mind make you all fearful and depressed and reaching for Prozac every day? You've got to be kidding me. Look at verse, put, put 1 Samuel 17 and 46 up if you got it. I'm almost done. Whew, man. Today, everybody say today. today. He steps out of the crowd, steps out of the shadows. 17 years old, don't even have any armor on, but a little sling hanging around his thing. You know, come on, a couple little stones right here. Five of them. This is David. You go to Israel with this, you'll start to understand more. Amen, Hannah? Amen. And what does he say? He steps out into the sunshine, out on the battlefield, and he says to Goliath and to all of the, these tribes of the Philistine army that was beating the daylights out of the children of Israel, they were so fearful for their life, they were hiding back behind the lines. He said, today, the Lord will conquer you. You see the words coming out of his mouth. Today. The Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men. That's like a million in the army there. The dead bodies of your men to the birds and to the wild animals. Go to the next verse. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Boom. Boom. And guess what David did? Worship team, come back. Guess what David did, friends? He not only thought about it. You say, well, how in the world did a 17-year-old kid do that? The Bible said, you need to read the whole chapter. Come on. He took one stone out and slung it, and it hit that. The first one hit him right in the temple, this nine-foot giant covered in a suit of armor. Male is the actual word. And he came tumbling down. Say, how in the world did a 17-year-old kid take on the giant and defeat the entire army? I'll tell you how. It wasn't by not thinking right. wasn't by not thinking right. I don't know. I'm not going to get into all this pandemic stuff, friends, but I am just blown away by the fear of men and women of God. Come on, shut down their church. Give me up. How dare he defy the armies of our God? And he said it. He thought it. Come on. He said it. There, I got, there's a hundred examples of scripture like this. He thought it. He said it. And how many know he did it? You've got to think, you've got to speak, and then it's going to manifest. You've got to think it, think it, think it, think it, think it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, and then let it manifest. You've got to think it, think it, think it, think it, think it, what? This word. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, and watch it manifest. You've got to think it first. You can't let your mind just run wild with this. That's why people came to sleep at night because they're sick. And let me tell you, you turn that stupid television on, they want to sell you pills for everything. You've got problems with your sleep life. Lunesta, you've got problems with your nerves. You've got problems with your back. You've got problems. My God, they want you to get on pills until you die. That's what they want. I would rather think right. The Bible, not in my own strength. See, the devil would try to tell you, oh, well, they're arrogant. No, they're not arrogant. We just happen to believe God and take him at his word. (laughs) 
Our God is able. Whew, I love that song. Our God is able. Amen. <laughs> what did he do, man? He saw it. Then he spoke it. And then he did it. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine him chopping that head off? With he, he was such a 17-year-old kid. He's a musician. You know, he's not like a bodybuilder. Picked up that sword. It was probably as tall as him. Lifted it up with everybody giving a thunderous ovation. That giant's laying there dead, man. Takes that sword and dropped it like a guillotine on his neck. So then stood up and picked up, probably put his foot up. Like, I can just see him. I can't wait to meet him in heaven one day. And just went like this, na, 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 na. I told you I would do it. I told you God working in me and through me would do it. Any good thing of God. Oh, my God. I got to finish. Any good thing of God. You've got to think it. You've got to speak it. And you've got to start to act upon it. It's the same way with your healing, friends. Tyler talked about in the early service. Wally was in the early service three years ago. What was it? Three years ago? Four years ago now? Almost three years. Filled with cancer. 30-year-old man called us down there to pray for him. They were already making funeral arrangements, funeral plans. You know, I've, there's a guy, literally, I grew up with, and I wish I would have got to see him, but he just passed of cancer, you know? So it's not saying the sickness isn't real. It's just saying God is greater than the sickness. Again, I've got to think that. I've got to speak it, and I've got to act upon it. Went in the hospital, right? Laid hands upon him. And then he had to act on it. He said, I believe, I believe, I believe the word of God. I believe you're my healer, Lord. Amen? Amen. If you get in this book and you read it at night, it's like medicine. Medicine, medicine, medicine. Go to bed with the word of God on your lips. Wake up in the morning, more medicine, 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 medicine right here for your soul. Then how many know you can't overdose on this? It will never cause suicidal tendencies. Man, I was, there's so much here I wanted to share with you today. I didn't even get this much of this much. Let me say one last thing, and we're going to be finished. What is God saying to you about your life? I remember being in the old church. Dion Hockey sent me a bunch of pictures of the old church, the revival that went three weeks down there. It was wild, man. How many of you were at that revival back then? You remember that? That little place was filled up, balcony and all. People, hands raised, seeking the face of God. I'm going to tell you, that's what brought us here. People hungry, not just for religion, but for a genuine moving of the Holy Ghost. And so he sent me these pictures late last night. And I sent back to him in South Africa, do it again, Jesus. Do it again, Jesus. Amen? You realize in our old church, Dad and Mom, they built five times onto that little place to the point that we were landlocked. You know why? Because they had a thought, a vision. Not as things are, but as they will be in Jesus' name. When we were up here the other, you know, many years ago and up on this land, I was telling somebody this yesterday, it was a dump. How many of you understand? I remember coming up here with my father and uh, Pastor Lawrence, who was our associate at the time, and it was the winter time, and this was all piles of like rubble covered in snow and ice. You couldn't even walk hardly up here, Brother Scott. And dad said, man, we're coming up to spy out this land. Amen? And then, and then in 2008, we opened this church to the glory of God. Amen. Why? Because we weren't standing, sitting down there saying, we better hold down the fort 
the world's getting so bad. No, we take God at His word, amen? Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.